if you previously already heard this podcast, I'm your host, the Susan Anime O'Hagan, or you could call me Anime. I really don't care. And I'm going to tell you some of the things we have talked about on this podcast. So let's check it out and see all the interesting things we've talked about. I talk about movies, TV shows, books, games, Game Informer, Pinocchio, Warriors of Legend, Unauthorized Book, Nine, Firestarter, A Soft Guide to Taking It Easy, Vampire Kisses Books, Lucia Ball, The Wizard of Oz, Sejo B, The Great Battles in History, some of these are older, Zombies 3, Witches, Diana, Her Life and Legacy, Pirates, Zombies, Titanic, Tuesday, Norway, One on One, Mysterious Places, Movies, Buzz Lightyear, Melissa and Joey, Avatar The Last Airbender, The Promise, Memorial Day, Senior Year, Godzilla, Funny, Mashup, Ripley's Believe It or Not, For the Love of a Child, Anastasia, Asia and More, Mary Vincent, The J-Team, Shirley Jackson, Family Trees, Greek Mythology and Lesson, Electric Chair, The Brady Kids, The Brady Bunch, The Brady Brunch Goes to Hawaii, The Dark Side of the Brady Bunch, Growing Up Brady, The Lottery, Turner and Pooch, Night Squad, Hillsong, Almost Christmas Movie, We Have Always Lived in a Castle Book, Love That Book, The Other Kingdom, The Warren Files, A Witch's Ball, Evil Thing, A Tell of That Deville Woman, Two Hot Take Show Review, Turning Red, Team Titans Raven, Unsolved Mysteries, Charmed, Buzzfeed Unsolved, Kids Nation, Black Widow, Fired Up, The Movie, The Good Place, St. Patrick, Chicago Tribunal Murders, Awkward, Ukraine, Ghost Whispered, The Bride He Bought Online, Archie and Katie Keene, Archie's Weird Mystery, Seven Heaven. Charlie's Sturkenweather, Mummy is a Murder Chill, Abandoned Empress, Hot and Cleveland, Scorpion TV Series, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Different Strokes, Return to Amish and Escaping Polygamy, and we have so much more. I will be talking about movies. TV shows, books, games, what do you think I'm trying to say? And movies, TV shows, books, games, animation. I guess that is all of them. I hope you all enjoyed. And hopefully you'll have a great and wonderful experience. And these will be uploaded Monday through Thursday. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the history to the murder house. 1122 Westchester Place, known as the murder house, is the central location and the focus of the first season of American Horror Story. And at the web appearance, you're going to die in there. According to Billy Dean Howard, it is just west of the Hotel Core set. The murder house also plays a significant role in three episodes of the first season of American Horror Story, which oversees the property to extinction at the end of its region, the ghost top of then. History, 1922 to 1926. 
The house is a classic Los Angeles and Los Angeles Victorian built by permanent surgeon on the stars Charles Montgomery for his wife Nora. Recurring financial stability due to Nora's lavish taste and Charles' addiction to ecstasy, and they performed many abortions in the home's basement, one of which resulted in the death of Charles' only known assistant, eventually as a form of retribution, their son, Theodorus, was kidnapped and dismembered by the boyfriend of one of the women who Charles performed an abortion on. Charles used his surgical experiment to resurface his re 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 reanimate his son using the beating heart of his one of his clients, but Theodorus was restored as some kind of creature. Nora traumatized by her son's death and what her husband had turned him into, murdered Charles by shooting him in the head and then committed suicide by putting a bullet through the roof of her mouth. This might just be the history of this, like, show. It's the actual history of the house. I can't remember. There's some things based on true things and some aren't. It is super confusing on the show sometimes, but I love American Horror Story. It is one of my favorites. I look forward to it almost every year. Last couple of years have been okay. Can we get like one like this again? Like one that people are gonna be like, oh dang. Like, okay. That's scary, that's creepy, that's disturbing, and that is twisting. No one saw coming. Can we get more of that instead of whatever it's been lately? Like just random things. At some point over the next decade, the house became the dentist's office of Dr. David Karen. When a woman named Elizabeth Short, yeah, that Elizabeth Short, if you, I'm just gonna give her some awesome applause and some awesome because Elizabeth Short is actually based on Elizabeth Short or the Black Dahlia. And if you want to hear more about that, you can go on my podcast because I have talked about her a bazillion times and dang. Just dang all the way around. Like, dang. Ding, ding, ding. It's kind of crazy. Elizabeth Short arrives for an unlisted appointment. Karen uses anesthetic to knock her unconscious and then proceed to assault her. But used too much and it eventually killed her via overdose. Panic current dragged her corpse down to the basement where the ghost of Charles Montgomery offered his assistance. Montgomery mutilated Short's body and cut her in half so current could dispose of her remains in an abnormal lot outside of the property. After her corpse was found, she infamously became known as the Black Dahlia. So, the reason I'm giving her applause. It's because she awesome. wanted to become a famous actress. And in a sad, sad, weird, creepy, disturbing twist, she did become famous, just not what she wanted. In 1698, at least for a while, the house was used as a sorority for a nursing school, but was presumably shut down following the deaths of two nurses by serial killer R. Franklin, who drowned one and repeatedly stabbed the other. In 1977, due to the house's sordor history, it was abandoned for another decade and was left to decay, inhabited only by the unnatural, still living child of Charles and Nora Montgomery, who devours a pair of twins that had wandered onto the property. At least from 1983 to 1994, Constance Logden lived in the murder house with her husband Hugo and their four children, Tate, Adelaide, Adelaide, Rose, and Beauregard, who died in the house at an unknown point in time under unknown circumstances, having either been born without eyes or lost them. 
catching her husband having an affair with the maid, Maria O'Hare, Constance shot both of them, and possessed their corpses through a meat grinder to feed to the family dogs. Later burying their bones in the home's backyard to hide their death from the children and the authorities, it is as of yet known in which year she and her family moved in. But she moved out of the house following a financial struggle after her husband's death. Later, Constance and her family moved back into the house after she seduced Larry Hevery, the home's latest owner. Larry's wife, Laura, was driven to despair over her husband's betrayal and infidelity and locked herself and and their two girls in a room of the house, which she proceeded to set ablaze. Burning them all alive, following this, Larry lived with Constance and her three remaining children in the role of Constance's late husband, but was openly despised by them. The Hermans faced many conflicts going on in their new home. The primary ones streaming from Ben Harmon's adultery and the substance following his wife Vivian and daughter Violet. Other conflicts include the intrusive behavior of the neighbor Constance and Adelie, as well as intrusions from one of Dr. Holman's patient Tate. A parade of mysterious visitors to their haunted home, including the scary Larry Hevery makes the first year of the Hermans in Los Angeles very dangerous. The house seems to have a vivid history, ranging from brutal murders to demonic manifestation, and it seems to have its own action. Jeez, this thing is more complicated than you would think. Okay, murder house. American Horror Story murder house. Um, critics consent convoluted yet effective American Horror Story is strange, gory, and twist enough to keep viewers hooked. 72% rotten tomato critics ratings 147, 84% audience score users ratings 2635. John Horror, Drama Mystery Filler, Network Fox, premiere date October 5th, 2011. Um, producers Ryan Murphy, Brad, and Dante D. Lotto. Some facts about pandas. The bamboo bear. It was once thought that the giant panda might be related to the raccoon. However, scientists have since proven that it is a member of the bear family. The giant panda is officially classed as a carnivore, meat eater, though its diet is more likely that of an omnivore, plant eater. The vast variety of a giant panda's diet consists of bamboo due to an effective dissative system. They need to eat large qualities to get the nutrients they need. A giant panda can spend 14 hours a day eating and will typically eat 11 to 18 kg in one day 99% of this bamboo but they will also eat fish eggs and small animals if the opportunity arises in the wild giant pandas are territorial and generally solitary animals let's see if we have an ad break for today our sponsor ad break ad break ad break ad break Sponsor, 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 sponsor. And before we go to ad breaks or sponsors, let's get a little bit of a...
Welcome back. I am Rito Species and Anime. Oh, hey, good morning. This is way louder than I thought it would be. And today we are going to talk about American Horror Story Murder House Part 2. Deuce. Or in French, deux. Okay, so I don't mean any harm to anyone reading this. I am so sorry. Wait, hello? Okay, it's working. It was really weird for a minute. If you hear a scratch or a meow, my kitty cat Kevin Butterscratch is hanging out in my room. He's been so sad that I just thought maybe if I put him in my room and pet him for a little bit, but give him his face, he would do okay, because the poor thing is just really sad. My, I have a family member who's going to a funeral, so it's been hard on the animals. They don't like when people leave. It's so not fun. But the person who passed, as everyone was reminding me, was a hunter. So, the cat is very sad when this person leaves. The animals don't like it when anyone really leaves for a long period of time or even two days. They're weird. They're adorable, very sweet, but very weird about certain situations. But anyway, I digress, so let's get to it and do it. <clears throat> Westfield High Massacre, good people don't have a good, don't just have a bad day, a start shooting people. Violet Herman, good people don't just have a bad day and start shooting people. In 1994, a Westfield High School Tate Longden murdered 15 people with a shotgun. I wish I had had a boo button, but we have a ding. Ah, ah, ding, ding, ding. Boo. He also permanently handicapped the school librarian, Mr. Carmichael. Carmichael. In Tate's fantasy about the school shooting, he wears a black hoodie, a Persian blue American Silver War Union soldier coat, and Grim Reaper makeup with hair slicked back. In reality, he did wear the American Silver War soldier coat, but also a black t-shirt and had his hair like he normally does. After the massacre, the Wolverine Memorial Trust was started. I don't know why that this repeated itself. Wait, is that all that got repeated? Oh, good. During Tate's session of describing his shooting fantasy, he is unaware that these events are from his memory. He states that he targeted people he likes. Great. A memorial with all 15 students' names is seen in the library. Five of the 15 victims pursued Tate and Violet on Halloween night, and it was unclear as to whether they were dressed as zombies or actually ghosts. Okay, we already talked about that. Okay, the main character. The true and horrifying real stories behind Tate Longden in American Horror Story Murder House. Yay. The main character of Murder House, the first season of iconic TV show American Horror Story, not the new um, American Horror Stories with an I-E-S, but this is S-T-O-R-Y, because I will be watching stories when I get there is a perplexing as he is petrifying. The young man, wow, whew, that took me a few minutes, who died in the 1990s. I literally had to reread this like four times before I could say it, right? <sighs> died in the 1990s, haunted the house where the teenage Violet Harmon lives with her family. He seems deeply attracted to the young girl, and over the course of the episode, the speculator learns about London's true dark history. As an adolescent in the early 90s, isolated and deeply affected by his father's absence, he experiences severe psychological problems and outbursts of anger. In a mad, vengeful rage, he burns his stepfather to death, kills his brother, and shoots 15 of his high school classmates at Westfield High, where he is a student shot by the police with 17 bullets. Tate Langdon is commanded to an eternity of haunting this 
childhood home, nicknamed Murder House, after his terrible actions. However, the character of Langdon, now a cult personality and in material from the American Horror Story series itself, is based on an actual story which shocked the United States and made global news when it came about in 1999. Again, it, it has to be Columbine. Of course it does. I do not approve any great. Again, I do not approve of school shootings or anything like that whatsoever, or what they did, or what he did, and also we need to get mental health under control. That's just facts. Because that is what most, what they had, the, like, mental health really needs to be looked at differently and fixed. Because I, 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 I. Oh boy. I don't know if I want to even talk about this case. I've talked about it like a hundred times. And these boys really needed some help. And the poor mother who literally decided to go on, I don't know if it's a TED talk or something, was like, I didn't notice the signs. I should have been paying attention. I should have noticed these things, but I was so busy working and trying to keep the house straight. And I thought he was just being a normal teenager. Like she did not realize how bad it was. And she didn't realize how impressionable her son was. And I was like, this, I feel bad for everyone involved in this. And also, could you imagine being the parent of the kid who did this? No, I could not. I'd be really peeled. On the 20th of April, 1999, Eric, Harris, and Dylan, I don't know how to say his last name, two students at the Colburn High School in the states of Colorado took Fire killing 12 students and one teacher, around 20 other students were severely injured and two others pre-committed suicide at the end of the horrific attack. The massacre triggered outpouring of grief and fear across America and the rest of the world. During the inquest that followed, the authorities emphasized the psychological fragile of the two, as well as their isolation from and rejected by their classmates. In fact, on a blog created on AOL in 1996. I'm not laughing at the situation, I'm laughing at the fact that they just said AOL. Because AOL has been a thing for years. And I remember growing up on AOL, and that's kind of funny because I grew I was, I don't even know if I was in school yet when this happened, but yeah, this is terrifying. I mean, there's, this is still relevant to today, which is even more terrifying. And I hope that anyone who is still family, the friends of those who got hurt in this whole situation is doing okay, has tried to help others. I've heard them say that they have tried to teach other teachers how to survive, teach other students. I also know that some of them, like, the mom tried to educate people on mental health because that wasn't really a huge thing back then. And we still have to work on it, but that is definitely, like, I just hope y'all are doing well and I hope y'all are okay and I hope you all are still, I know you'll probably still grieve when the day it happened, and I'm sorry that I have to bring this up again. And yeah, they didn't make light part of it though, in this um, TV show, they used some of it based on it. And they really did like a well good job of saying like this guy needed real help. In 1997, Harris was investigated for a post that expressed his desire to kill his classmate, Brooks Browns. Okay, here's another fun fact. If you see something on social media, maybe tell someone, a school, a classmate, a police officer, just be on the safe side because this has happened a couple of times now where people will post it online and no one takes it seriously. I've even saw a photo recently of them doing something in the photo that really demonstrated before it happened. 
like, uh, yeah, that's definitely a sign. Like, not a good one. Also, another fact that is one of these guys, I can't remember which one, and I'm not sure if I can read the whole thing, because at this point I'm about ready to throw my phone, was already being, like, he got into some trouble and no one paid attention to it, which irritated the crud out of me. Okay. I'll try to get through it, I guess. Okay. In past, okay, the hatred I felt towards society became evident and troubling since such an instruction on how to make I'm not even saying that start to become more and more frequent. In 1997, Harris was investigated for a post that expressed his desire. On his website, they found a list Harris had written listing students and teachers that called by that he wanted to kill first. This dude has issues. Even though the investigator, Michael, wrote a report demanding a search warrant for Harris's house, his request was never transferred to a judge. Really? Y'all could have, like, maybe tried to prevent this if you listened to some of these people. Like, y'all really gotta listen better. We all gotta listen better. In 1998, Eric Harris and Dylan were arrested for breaking into a van and subsequently sent to a juvenile detention program where they were given a psychiatric treatment and anger management classes. You should have kept them there, but that's beside the point. Eric Harris was also treated for his suicidal thoughts linked to depression. After this, the absolute the, the teenagers, can I just call them teenagers, stopped using his blog post like a diary to post intimate thoughts, but continued only sharing articles on firearms and other things that he should not be, okay, yeah. If you want to hear the whole thing, you can see it on my pod, my other podcast where I talk about this. I'm, I'm just, this case just bothers me. It was in a personal written diary page, which he shared with Dylan, where in 1999, he detailed their attentions to make the attack on their school. Okay, I'm done reading this. Okay, um, today the Columbine High School shooting is the sixth most deadly killing in the United States. Well, that's sad. And even more disturbing than I thought. Okay. I'm literally creeped out by this, but whatever, I guess. My poor brain is like, nope, nope. And wait, or nope. And I'm like, Okay, so we talked a little bit about Columbine, and yeah, I don't like school shootings whatsoever. This is going to have an E on it because this is just disturbing. Okay, so let's continue. During its freshman season in 2011, American Horror Story premiered one of its most controversial episodes to date. 
Piggy Piggy, believed to be mirrored after the school librarian shooting of Columbine, but a year before Sandy Hook. Oh, jeez. We're really getting into all of them now, aren't we? <laughs> no, thank you. The Supernatural Horror series by Ryan Murphy tried to take on a Bergen epidemic. It was critically savage at the time, but seven years and hundreds of school shootings later, the episode still surfaces in the mass psyche. It remains as one of the top, if not the top, episode that comes to mind when many people think of TV portrayal of the events. So what if anything can we learn from Murphy's depiction in the midst of one of the frankly school-controlled debates in modern history? These are articles I found. Per Partly, what makes Murphy such an interesting showrunner, showrunner is that he is able to create brilliant TV using almost any tone from Glee's over cheesiness to America crime stories' insightful solemnity. Murphy and his team and constructed powerful message-based television well take on their own. That's exactly what the school shooting scene in American Horror Story Murder House are. They're powerful. The problem is that these change emotion and hyper-realistic scenes run alongside the rest of American Horror Story's general ridiculousness, making for an uneven and unconfusing watch. That's what someone else said. I love American Horror Story. It has some very interesting, some very disturbing, it, it, it definitely, it's supposed to be disturbing, so it really does pull you in, and it makes you like, well, I'm creeped out, thanks for that, and then there's some seasons where you're like, what the heck did I just watch, and can I, like, not watch it again? I've had a couple seasons where I did not like it whatsoever, and I'm like, or there's like a few episodes, and that's it, so like, I'm like, nope, nope, and wait for it, no, and I'm like, cool, 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 I'm changing this. And there's other seasons where you're like, yes, 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 keep going, I want more, I want more, I want more, and I can't snap. After half a season of building Tate up to the love interest for Violet, point of view Piggy Piggy presents one of the biggest plot twists in the show's history. Tate is a dangerous murderer. Yeah, he is. That's definitely true. Episode opens on a group of students crowding in their school library after hearing gunshot. Again, I am so sorry to anyone who's ever experienced this. Please, if you do not want to listen to this episode, you do not have to. However, it's far from the most respectful scene in the series. The slanted camera angles and a selective use of sound alters the tone of the school shooting scene from horror to uh, fascination. It's unclear whether viewers are supposed to be terrorized by these children hiding for their lives or thrilled by the story like when Michael finds a new victim in the Halloween franchise. Maybe that's the point of both this scene and American Horror Story as a whole. It's odd and a bit sick we're so drawn to these disturbing stories. However, Peggy, one of the these reflections of society moments to an ongoing problem our nation continues to struggle with, and that involves the lives of children, feels misguided at best. This is just what I found on articles. I don't know. Um, Tate, 15 victims. It also doesn't help that prior to their deaths, the scene makes next to no effort to expand on the characters of Tate's 15 victims. Yeah, that was the one thing I did not like. Like, you didn't give me much information on them. But okay. And, like, the scene where the girl peed herself or urinated was definitely disturbing because I heard that happens. When you consider Tate Rampage and the longer content of both these episodes and Murder House as a whole, things become even more complex. Yeah, I don't know how much more I can do on Tate. This isn't to say that Piggy Piggy isn't, or even Glee's take on school. Okay, how much context is also important here? Both episodes seem to try to address real world shootings like Columbine and American Horror.
Wars 3K, Sandy Hook, Glee, um, Glee tried to do an episode on it, it did not go well. American Horse, ooh, okay. Here's something maybe a little different that we can talk about. Ryan Murphy's 2017 American Horror Story cult featured a mass shooting at a camp bitch rally and truly felt like the awakening nightmare. Okay, seriously? I did not think that this was what I found. How much did I not... <sighs> My head hurts. Okay, so, the fact is, first season, Tata's baseball and Columbine. That's what I'm getting at. People versus O.J. Simpson, American Horror Story stands as a thoughtful and sad reflection about the clash of racism, sexism, and power. What? Okay. What did I look up? I thought I looked up something completely different yesterday. Maybe my brain was thinking I read something else. I was just trying to figure out like all the little... Oh, my brain. Okay, stop. <laughs> I'm trying to find. Okay, there has to be something that. Don't ask, don't tell. Took a murder man whose death was largely ignored and portrayed him as an outstanding novel hero. House by the Lake, the series episode on the death of David Madison by the maid be one of the saddest and most emotional charged episodes of the year. There have been many projects of Murphy and many years between the first season of American Horror Story and the season of American Crime Story. When American Horror Story first premiered, Murphy was still only really known for nip and tuck and glee. He wasn't known as a horror-fused up after at all, so it wouldn't be surprising if he and his team felt like they had to be as shocking as possible to cement the series place on television. It's more difficult to overlook the mist up of Glee, a show known for painting a candy coating on even the deepest of situation of issues. Glee's attempts to address the complex emotion of Sandy Hook was too much to soon. Of course, Murphy wasn't totally new to the game with either American Horror Story or Glee's episode drop, but this previous project earned on the side of shocking broadness. Instead of real death, Murphy is nearly a decoled older now, wiser, and with more sense of television under his belt. Add in that he and Others on his team have had time to understand the impact of O.J.'s case, Andrew Cannon's murder, and unfortunately the repeat cost of mass shootings, and you start to see why more recent Murphy projects have a more uncanny approach than Tate's golf-based attack. Seriously? I did not think this was all about Tate. Okay, Tate, you're getting on my nerves now. Season of season one of American Horror Story concluded with episode seven, Game Over, which featured several confusing twists and ending. American Horror Story season one final brings back several cast members and characters from Rubber Woman, the premiere episode of the season. Additionally, many notable faces and characters from American Horror Story Murder House and several other American Horror Story seasons make an appearance, including the return of James Brewer as Murder House's Adeline Longden. Okay, so here's the thing. I tried to find what I could to help you understand that, like, American Horror Story has some stuff based on true events, some stuff not based on true events. It's a mixture. It's, I think it's dark, spooky, it's a great story, but when I realized some of the stuff was based on true events, it got my attention, and I was creeped out, fascinated, creeped out, disturbed, and interested. So, it definitely captured people's attention. Okay, here's a good one. Violet is indeed a ghost. Yep, that's right. Spoil alert. Well, I guess this whole thing is a spoil alert. Turns out Violet did die when she committed suicide in episode 6. By this episode, it was becoming fairly obvious that she didn't survive, but what was more interesting was how the big reveal affected Tate. 
and Violet's relationship. Speaking of, when Violet ran out of the house, we almost thought she was alive and we were wrong all this time. She got all the way to the gate, then she found herself back in the house in a blink of an eye. Yes, we were right. That makes us feel so warm when we figure stuff out on American Horror Story. But Violet's decaying body brought back images from the ring. So this reveal was both emotional and gross. In the end, Violet has semi-accepted her fate, and now she and Tate will definitely be together forever. Yay. Yes, if you want to be with a crazy person, but you're a ghost too, so at this point, I don't even know. Like, at first, when you don't know what Tate did, you're like, oh, they should get together, they should get together, they seem like they'd be perfect together, and then when you find out what Tate did, you're like, oh, brother, you're crazy, dude. And then, she's kind of crazy, and her dad's kind of crazy, and it's a whole different conversation. And of course, like I said, I found articles. Unless, of course, someone finds a way to free all the ghosts in the house, that could definitely happen. Constance has peeled off Larry for the last time. In the beginning of the episode, we flash back to an awkward family dinner with Larry, Constance, Tate, and Addie. Turns out Tate was supremely peeled that his dad left and Larry swooped in as stepfather. So the next day, he loaded up his... <laughs> I'm not saying this word again. Based on his outfit, this would be the day of the school-ish problem. But before that, he stopped at Larry's office to, you know, light him on fire, and that is how he got those burns. Great. Tate really needed help. I don't know how his mother didn't realize it, or maybe she just didn't care. I don't know. Impressive day, Constance still wants nothing to do with Larry, but she has bigger problems to deal with all the missing people. Her husband, her son, Maria, surrounding her. Detectives were heavily suspicious of Constance. And for a while, it looked like she might go down for all her murders. Okay, she was crazy too. Yep. So, you know, no wonder why she didn't really pay attention to her son's craziness. Until Larry turned himself in for Travis' murder. When he didn't even commit, but before that, he promised the ghost of his dead wife that Constance would rot in prison for everything she's done. Back in the jail, Larry and Constance had one last conversation before he was hauled away, and he gave her one last chance to admit she loved him. I don't know, this whole thing is cray-cray, but I love the show. It's just really disturbing. So, also, my thoughts on season two are going to be all over the place after I learned I had an intellectual disability and I haven't seen it since. I'll have to rewatch it, but I think, I don't know if they would have put me in there once they heard that I had a high-functioning learning disability and ADHD and decalculia. But, yeah, season two is definitely hits different when you realize it could have been you back in the day. Like, they just put anyone in there, and what they did to poor Pepper, I think that was her name. Aye, aye, aye. 
Anyway, Sharply Constance did not express such sentiment, and now Larry is healed. We think that he, that when he was removing audiences from Travis's murder, he was planning on planting it in Constance's house for cops to find later. Do you just tell them to look in the backyard? You might be able to tell them, like, yeah, look in the backyard when she's not there. You'll find stuff. Because, yeah, there's a reason. Ben successfully unmasked rubber man after a brutal fight, but Tate had dragged him until he passed out, so he didn't know how Ben exactly is taking the news. Probably not well. Is currently about to hit the thing. Plus, someone else has disappeared in the house, so will the missing person detective come back again to investigate Ben? But on the outside, Ben finally believes his wife was um, assaulted and not cheated on him. So he's working to get her out of the mental institution so she can come back home. Of course, when she comes home, she have to deal with her daughter being dead, her dead daughter's ghost boyfriend furthering her demon baby and a house full of ghosts that won't stop popping up. Actually, Vivian, maybe maybe you want to just stay in the hospital. I would at that point, wouldn't you? Yeah, no. American Horror Story Murder House kicked off the popular horror show by demonstrating how exact excellent twists like the death of Violet could be seated for episodes before the truth is revealed. Yeah, the plot twists were actually pretty decent when I first watched it. I was, I was actually like, oh, damn, I was not expecting her to be dead. Like, I wasn't even putting together she was dead. I was putting together the fact that, oh, I know some of these are from real cases that I've heard about. And then I'm like, oh, it makes sense now. She never really survived what she did. And I'm like, oh, okay. But the twist was good. The first season of American Horror Story sees the Harmon family moving into a haunted murder house, unaware of the chaos that will ensue. While Murphy's first season of long-running horror mythology was caref careful not to show all the cards regarding which characters were living and which were dead, some deaths were more surprising than others. Violet's death was certainly one of the most shocking. But there were multiple clues that foreshadowed her death long before her body was ultimately discovered. Ew. Just decaying body gross. Episode 8, Rubber Ram, reveals that since attempting, uh, Violet has gone to s not gone to school. Two episodes later, her absence from school becomes so severe, truancy officers get involved. The show clearly masquerade her death and physical ability to leave the house beneath sympathy of depression that Violet was already presenting. At a family dinner in episode 7, Open House, her father points out that her refusal to eat is a textbook sign of depression. Tate, one of the few people to know Violet is dead, acts much more protectively between episode 6 and 10 to keep her from discovering the truth. When Vivian packs Violet into a car and tries to run away, Tate looks on with distress, aware Violet cannot leave. In episode 7, Tate is angry with Violet for continuing to self-harm and discusses it a far cry from his initial reaction. He now understands the shock of what he is dealing with. Between episode 6 and 10, the Harmon House becomes infused with low flies. These insects often symbolize death due to the way they flock to corpse. The flies get worse and worse as Violet's body begins to decompose. The exterminator Ben eventually hires, finds the source of the flies, and begins panicking, foretelling there is something terrible waiting in the crawl space. Tate kills him, which can... How many people does this dude kill, though? <sighs> okay, by under be understood as a way of protecting Violet. The way the camera cuts in this scene also has a foreshadowing function. 
The sheen's just from Tate murdering to a picture of Violet that her father keeps on his desk with Ben discussing Violet's school situation in the background. At the start of the episode 7, Tate asks Violet if she believes in ghosts to her, the question comes out of left field, prompting a confused and diffused response. It could be understood as a gentle pro to face a future more difficult conversation. In episode 8, Tate has a conversation with Hayden where they mysteriously discuss a difficult thing he has to do for Violet's sake. Tate refuses, refers to his need to prepare himself while it might seem like he is planning on murdering Violet himself. Yeah, that's what I asked. Was like, is he gonna murder her? He is really emotional, preparing to reveal the truth. At one point, he tells Violet that she can now see ghosts because she is evolved. Many of these conversations work naturally both with and without context of Violet's death, which provides American Horror Story great skill in carefully weaving plot with foreshadowing. See, I actually agree with some of that, so that's why I kept it in there. American Horror Story Season 1, Episode 2, Home Invasion begins with flashback in 1968, a murderous stabs two nurse students to death. This takes inspiration from a 1966 case in which Richard broke into a student nurse in Chicago and murdered eight young women. Tate's school shooting also has real-life ties into Halloween Part 2, a ghostly group of murderer high schools, whereas asked Tate why he targeted shops. Everything's to call by both Eric and one of the real shooters, and Tate asked one of the victims if she believes in God before killing her. That actually happened in Columbine. And I believe the girl literally has a book and a movie based on that. Episode 9, Spooky Little Girl, directly portrays One of the most famous LA murders to date, the Black Dahlia murder, Elizabeth Shirt is murdered mutilated and disposed of to be discovered by a mother and young daughter, both in real life and in the show. Short's body is initially mistaken as a stored mannequin. That really did happen, and I talked about that case as well. You can check out my other podcast, or you can check out my Patreon, where I discuss these things, because, yeah, that's definitely a case I've talked about. It's fascinating. It has maybe some issues with certain things back in the day. The house of American Horror House draws on several of the most famous murder houses in America. In the show, it is home to an evil doctor, location of several murdering suicides, linking it to 2475 Glendo Place, where in Colleges Harlan personal murders his wife, Lillian, the attempt to kill his teenage daughter. Like Larry, his wife, the doctor, then took his own life. Uh, Murder House also takes inspiration from one of the most famous houses in the United States history. The A-M-I-T-Y-V-I-L-E. Antoville? Antoville? I've seen both movies. Or all of them? I've seen every single one I could find. Like in the show, the Antoville Manor was a house stepped in evil. In 1974, it was the scene of a brutal murder by 23-year-old Ronald J. DeVoe Jr., who shot his parents and four siblings as they slept. Like the Harmons, the Lotz family was later able to buy the house cheap, but horror continued to plague the location. Unlike the Harmons, the Lotz family was able to leave after a mere 28 days, according to them, the house was infused by a supernatural spirit. Yeah, I would believe too if I was them. Happy life, this place is haunted, let's get out of here. Did you not just see what just happened? Happy life, let's run for the hills. If I had the money to move that day, I'd be like, let's go, let's go, let's get out. Or not even at that point, I'd be like, let's just find an apartment. See if we could stay with someone until we get a place. Go to a hotel, anything, motel, anything at that point. Because I'd be like, nope, I'm done. 
Unless I was there to like, like, investigate. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> I ain't trying to die by no ghost or demon or ghost demon. No, thank you. The Franklin House, also owned by a doctor, completed the traffic of Blamberg's location in the 1940s, Dr. George Hadell. Oh boy, that man. I don't know if what they say about him is true, but what I've heard about him, yikes. He ain't no good. A violent man, Dr. Hadell was known for beating his son badly. After he died, his sons even discussed a picture of a brunette while going through his belongings that he was becoming convinced was Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia. Like many of the scariest horror movies, the tale of the dead and violent portrayed within American Horror Story Murderhouse do not even end at the scene. Even the Ransom's Mansion, the real-life location that served as the show's murder house, is now supposedly haunted. Much of the series' long-standing success comes from its ability to blend the supernatural and creativity with the horrificality of real. So, here's the thing. Also, if you want to have a bunch of people, I actually heard that the people who bought the house didn't realize it was part of the show. And they're like, we have so many people coming to our house, what is going on? And then they realized it was, bought, like, it was part of a show, and they're like, oh, great. Or some people buy, like, a house, and they don't realize they use it as, like, the intro clip, and they're like, now we have a bunch of people just coming up to our house. Or it's, like, the, it's not even, like, the real house. It's, like, the photo you see before they get into the house. And it's like, oh, so, like, no. Or you buy the house and then you're like, oh, it was on a show. Sometimes you don't know it was on a show. The charm house, the people had to move, I think, from what I heard, because people kept stopping by every five seconds to take photos and trespassing, and I'm like, yeah. It's only problem if you have like a house that was on a show, movie. You get too many people trespassing on your property. And some people like it, and other people are like, no, I don't like that. I don't like this attention. It is creeping me out. Okay, so I hope we all have a great and wonderful week, and I hope we all learned something from this, because some of this is based on real stuff, and some of it's not, so it's a mixture. The show is good. If you have not seen American Horror Story Murder House, you could check it out. If you're younger, ask a parent or guardian's permission, because I'm not going to get into trouble for that. But if you're old enough, go watch it. It's a decent show. It's a little disturbing, though. So if you don't like scary things, maybe watch it with someone else. Have a great week. And now we're all winded down. I hope you all enjoyed my podcast about movies, TV shows, books, and games. And I hope you all have a great and wonderful week and weekend. If you want to hear more of me, I do have other podcasts as well on ACAST, so you can check those out. And I also have a kids' podcast as well called Gummy Bears Podcast Land. That if you want to hear more of me during the weekend, you can. But I hope you all have a great, wonderful week, and I hope you all enjoy this. And I just tell you my opinion, facts about the show. Hopefully, we could agree to disagree or you could give me your opinion i could take into consideration you could take mine into consideration and i really do enjoy doing this you guys are my fans and i love you and you guys are so wonderful social butterflies and you're so generally a great a wonderful butterfly gem i hope you all have a great and wonderful sloppy day and don't forget to check out my other stuff. I do have a YouTube channel as well, which is named Which is named I just the Susanna May O'Hagan Sweetie M Uniquely Sloths. And that will be a little bit of facts. Um salts only go to the bathroom once a week on the ground. That is it. Just a fun fact, a little bit about sloths that I thought you might enjoy. Okay, over and out. Bye for now. Love my 
uniquely gem butterflies. Fly off and enjoy.